I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I always hated it when I came back from vacation and there was a test. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and uh, that happened to me several times as a student. But uh, now that I'm the teacher, I thought I would have a test for you when I came back from vacation. And, uh, and so this morning, uh, I'm, I'm not going to ask you all of Ryan's points last week. I understand he did a great job. I had several people uh, text me, and, and we, we got a chance to talk about it before we left. Uh, but, uh, but I'm so excited that he was able to preach in my absence. But uh, this morning, we're going to talk about faith. And there's two different stories, and maybe you don't see faith in one of them, but it's definitely there. And both these stories really resonate about faith, and both these stories tie in very much to what Luke has already been telling us about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And so this morning, what I wanted to do was, uh, was maybe test your faith a little bit. And so uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask my, my brother Chris to come on up here real quick. I didn't, I didn't call Chris. I didn't tell Chris that uh, I was going to use him, so, but uh, I'm going to ask him to come up here. And so... Uh, Hey, my man, I didn't get a hug this morning. I didn't get a, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I get my hug this morning? Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. All right. So, Chris, um, I, this morning, what I want to do is I want to test your faith in me. Okay? Just because I, I, can't, I can't test your faith in other things, but I test your faith in me, at least. And so, so would you say that we're friends? Absolutely, absolutely, right. And uh, would you would you say? And, and, and this is your church, right? Yes, you sir. you boast that out to the world, yes, right? Sir. So would you say that I'm your pastor? Yes, sir. I okay. Would say you're my spiritual leader. Okay. So you you trust me to to lead you then? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's put that to the test. You guys didn't think I was actually wearing a tie for the sake of wearing a tie this morning, <laughs> did you? Like, I just didn't have any other place to put the blindfold. So uh, come on up here, real quick. <laughs> I want you I want you to. To look at them, I, I mean, because I know you said that you trust me uh, completely and entirely, and so I, I just, I want to double that up, tuck it right there. Can you see anything? No. Okay, okay, all right. So let's do this. Come on, we're going we're gonna to turn around now. We're going to turn around now. Okay, now we're going to walk over here. And come on, you're good. Do you know where you are right now? I have an idea. You have an idea? Okay, okay, all right. So we're going to come back over here. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, just right there. Okay. So, Chris, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some instructions. I'm going to lead you back to your seat, and you're going to do that blindfolded, if you don't mind, okay? All right. So, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to just go ahead and turn around the other direction. Okay. All, a, a little bit back to your left, just a hair. Okay, perfect. Why don't you take three steps for me? You can use your hands, by the way. You can use your hands. You can feel around. Take one more step. Just gentle. Okay. Now, I want you to turn about 45 degrees to your left. Just a hair more to your left. Okay. Awesome. Can you take, uh, put, put your left hand out. Down. Down. Okay. There you go. Can you take uh, about three steps out now? Okay. Perfect. And now I want you to turn uh, almost 45 degrees to your right this time. A little more. A little more. A little more. Okay, perfect. Now, listen, Chris, this part's going to get hard. I just want you to take one step forward. Just one step. Okay. Now, listen, we're about to go through some difficulties here. Now, everything else that we've done has been pretty easy at this point. So life is going to get hard, but you're, you know what that's about. All right. And so I, right now what we're going to do is we're going to have to go down. OK, I know it's not fun to go down, but we're going to go down right now. OK, but I want you to know 
that you can trust me. I want you to know that you're not alone. All right? In fact, I'm right here next to you. And if you need me, all you have to do is reach out with your left hand, okay? All right? So there's a step that's going to go down. I want you very carefully with your left foot to, to reach out. And with your heel, I want you to feel the end of that step, okay? Until you get to where you can feel it. Okay, do you feel it? Do you feel comfortable with that, being able to take one step down with your left foot? If you need me, I'm right here for you to lean on. Perfect. Okay. Now, we've got one more step. You can do the same thing. Just, you, just, you know I'm here. I'm here. Just one step out. Okay. And we've got one final step down. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Now, Chris, I know that that was hard to go downstairs, not being able to see anything. But I want you to know we're almost home. All right. I want you to turn just a little bit to your right. Just a little bit. Okay. Let's take four steps straight forward. Okay. Reach out with your left hand. Stop. Reach out with your left hand. Down. 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 Over to the left. Over to the left. Okay. Now that's the edge of that pew that you were sitting in. All right. Knowing that's the edge of that pew, could you turn around and sit down for me? It's okay. You can figure it out. Don't sit on your glasses now. Perfect. Take off that blindfold for me, brother. Love you. Love you. Listen, faith is not faith if we can see every step we take. Unfortunately, I'm going to tell you as Christians, that's what a lot of us are used to. That's what a lot of us are used to. See, Chris, and I love him, and, and, and Chris is in my small group. We're brothers. Uh, he and my wife are, are twins, even though you didn't know it. They share the same birthday. Uh, most of what Chris has seen in me as a friend and as a leader is just that. He's seen it in me. He's experienced it. But what he just had to do was trust me in a way where he couldn't see anything at all. That's the heart of what faith is about. It's in those times when we can't see, in those times that we feel alone, in those times that we don't know where God is, it's an absolute belief that he hasn't left us, that he's still with us, and that he's still good, and that he's still our guide. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, okay? Would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. I want to thank you for my brother Chris and his willingness to be an example for us. I pray that that image, that that picture would burn into our minds as we study this text that teaches us what true faith is really all about. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come and to be our teacher and to be our guide. And Jesus, we pray that you'd be lifted up and glorified. You draw all men, all women, all children here to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I'm in Luke chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 31. And we are going to round out the chapter and finish up in verse 43. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 31, going through verse 43. Word of God says, Jesus took the twelve aside and he told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, 
And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he replied, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Two stories, four points. First, I want to talk to you about what was going on with Jesus and the disciples. Now, you remember where Jesus is headed. He's, he's headed to Jerusalem. He's headed to the cross. He's set his sights on the cross. His ministry has shifted, yet now the healings are back. There's going to be some healings happening still, according to Luke. But, but with that ministry shift comes uh, some explanation to his disciples. He's, he's reminding them, hey, something is about to go down. Something is about to happen. It's not going to be a good thing in your eyes. But it is a fulfillment of God's will. It's not going to be a good thing in your eyes, but it is a fulfillment of God's will. This thing must happen. I'm going to have to be handed over, and I'm going to have to die. And, and it's interesting that, that that's what's going on, and yet it says the disciples didn't get it at all. Yet we know that they still continued to follow him. And that's really where I, I want to draw for us our first point this morning about faith. And this is what I want you to understand, guys. Faith is about trusting God even when you don't understand his ways. Faith is about trusting God, even when you don't understand His ways. Verse 34, the disciples did not understand any of this. Ever been there? Right? It's what we are, hopefully, if we're followers of Christ. We're disciples, and and, and I just want you to know that if there's ever been a time in your life that you haven't understood what God is doing, then you're in good company. You might just be a disciple if you don't know what God is doing. That's the heart of of the text. The men that Jesus spent the most amount of time with, really, I mean, in, in, in his life, these last three years, he has poured every minute, every second, every moment into these guys. And they don't get it. They do not understand what he is doing. Yet they continue to follow him. They continue to follow him. And I want you to understand this morning that that is a picture of faith. The disciples didn't understand. It's interesting, I think, that the text says that they didn't understand because it was hidden from them. 
Try to swallow that one. God and his providence has hidden what is happening. He has hidden its understanding from them at this moment. You ever wonder why? I spent some time this week thinking about why. Why would God hide the why of what's going on from a disciple? Why would he do that? Maybe he was hidden from them because it simply wasn't time for them to know yet, right? The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, right? That now we know in part, but one day, one day we will know in full. Maybe it just wasn't time for them to know yet. I thought this week maybe they couldn't handle it. Think about the gravity of the level of which God deals with things. And think about how fragile we are in mind, body, and spirit. Do you think you can handle the depths of the turmoil that God deals with on a daily basis? You think you can handle the understanding of how the universe is all working together towards redemption? Do you think you can handle the true depths and the gravity of your own sin and its consequence? Much less the sin of the world. I don't know about you, but I would say no. (laughs) I don't think I can handle it. Maybe uh, it was hidden from them because he wasn't finished yet. Right? If you're working on a project, I'm looking at Ed for a second. Welcome back, brother. I missed you. Ed's, Ed's great uh, with woodworking and projects and all kinds of stuff, and, and he can do things that I can't do. And I'm thinking specifically about the drying racks because my wife asked for one, and I was like, oh, dear goodness. Uh, If you were working on a project for Kathy that you wanted to surprise her with, you wouldn't show her the project halfway through, right? You want to show her the finished project. You want to show her the beauty of it, right? She wouldn't understand. What is that? That looks like... Maybe God has hidden what has happened from them because it's just not finished yet. It's going to be finished, but it's not finished yet. Listen, uh, a lot of people in our church lately have been faced with a lot of hard things. You might even call them bad things. And when that happens, we want to ask one question, don't we? You know it. It's three words. It starts with a W, ends with a Y. We want to ask why. God, why? Why is this happening? And listen, I can't, I I don't have that information. You don't have that information. The disciples didn't understand it. I can't answer that for you. What I can give you is maybe some insight. And what I would simply say to you is, guys, if there was no bad at all, there would also be a lack of a lot of beautiful. If there was no bad, we'd be missing out on a lot of beautiful too. And you say, what do you mean, Pastor? I'll, I'll explain, right? When God made us in his image, he gave us the ability uh, 
all of his communicable attributes, all the things we could have, and the greatest of those is the ability to love. You say, Pastor, why is love so great? Why is it so beautiful? I'll tell you why love is so beautiful. Ready? Because we are sinful, self-centered people. And any moment that we choose to put somebody else's needs above our own, that is an act of indescribable beauty. And you think about everything in your life that you have loved and everyone in your life that has loved you. And you think about the feeling and the emotion and the beauty that is attached with that. And I would tell you that for that beauty to exist, the opportunity to choose to do the opposite has to exist too. Because it's not real love if it's forced. So when God gave us the ability to love, he also created the opportunity for bad things to happen. And without the bad, we would miss a ton of the beauty. Listen, I can't answer your question today about why life has turned the way that it has. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in that cycle. I cannot answer why the health is gone why the marriage is struggling. I cannot answer why you feel incomplete. I cannot answer why your loved one passed. And I cannot answer why things don't just seem to be working out the way they seemed to be a couple of years ago. I can't answer why. But I can tell you this. This moment that you're in is exactly what faith is for. This moment that you are in right now, this valley, is exactly what faith is for. Faith is about trusting God, even when you don't understand his ways. It's about believing that God is good, even when we can't see the good. It's about believing that God is at work, even when we don't see him at work. It's about trusting him, even when we don't understand. Number two. I want you to see this morning that faith is about believing in Jesus even when you can't see him. Faith is about believing in Jesus even when you can't see him. Look at verse 35 through 39. It says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Interesting cry, right? We've heard uh, a very similar cry recently from Luke. You remember the prayer of the Pharisee versus the prayer of the tax collector, right? God, mercy, me, sinner. And here's another one that's crying out, God, have mercy on me. He also calls him son of David, which is interesting. We'll get there in a second. So Jesus stops. He orders that the man be brought to him. Uh, and, and then, of course, he is going to heal him. What's interesting here for me is this truth. This man, here's a commotion. Right? Great commotion. I mean, he, he, he can hear. He can hear all of the, the stirrings and the goings on. So immediately he asks anybody that will answer. And I, I wonder if somebody was sitting with him or if he's calling out to the crowd, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, hey, 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 what, what's going on? Could you please tell me what's going on? What is all the commotion about? And somebody answers him probably shortly, oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And, and he, he's there, maybe he's lying on a mat, maybe he's standing up now at this point, kind of wandering around, he doesn't know where he is. And, and he's going, wait, wait, Jesus of Nazareth is passing. So he doesn't call out Jesus of Nazareth, he calls out something else. He calls out a title for the Messiah. He says, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, Messiah. 
This man is a man of faith. He has faith that Jesus is, is the one that is coming to redeem all things, to bring sight to the blind. <laughs> you know, when you know that you're blind, it's a lot easier to see your need for a Savior. And so the man cries out, Jesus, not Jesus of Nazareth, he cries out, Jesus, son of David. This is what's interesting. That's what I want you to see. Evidently, he has heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. How else would he cry out, Jesus, son of David? How how else would he even know who the Jesus of Nazareth is? At this point, these great works of Jesus have made their, their way to him. But he never saw them. This man never saw Jesus turn water into wine. He, he never saw the dead girl that was raised. He never saw the lame man that, that was able to walk. He never saw the crippled man's hand get turned uh, regularly. He never saw the leper healed. He never saw an ounce of it himself. He had only heard about these miraculous works of Jesus, and he believed that Jesus was the son of David. Listen, sometimes it is hard to see Jesus. Maybe you're there right now. Sometimes it is hard to see God at work in your life. Sometimes you feel that he has left you alone. Sometimes you feel that somehow he has forsaken you. And in those moments, what I'm going to challenge you to do is to believe. Because that's what faith is. Faith is about believing in Jesus, even in the moments that you do not see or feel his presence. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Brings me to our third point. Ready? Beautiful truth of the gospel is that faith comes by hearing, not by sight. Faith comes by hearing, not by sight. I I hate to burst your bubble, but God's burst mine, so I thought I'd share Much of this thing that I call Christianity has not been a walk of faith. It's been a walk of witnessing God's blessing and choosing the good. If I'm being honest. And ultimately, that's not faith. Faith isn't sight. That's not not how faith comes. Faith comes merely through hearing, right? Can I ask you a question? Uh, have you seen, I, w- I wonder if, as you read through, did you see the unseen people in the text? Have you thought about them? You know, there's a whole group of unseen people in our text. Did you know that? How did the man know about the works of Jesus? How did he know? He, he heard about him. He heard some messenger along the way, said, hey, did you hear about that wedding in Cana? Did you hear about it? (laughs) They were completely out of wine, right? And then this Jesus guy said, fill up these huge jars with water. And he said, listen, I want you to dip a ladle in there and pour it. And it was the best wine I've ever tasted. Somebody told him. 
Somebody, somebody said, hey, did you hear about Jairus' daughter? Did you hear? She was completely dead. I mean, she was dead, dead. She was lifeless, dead. He had given up, dead. And Jesus went and laid over her, and she got up. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about the widow in Nain? There was a funeral procession. I mean, the body had been dead for who knows how long. They're walking the body to the grave, and Jesus was struck with compassion. And he just walked up to the funeral procession and he laid his hand on, on, on the coffin and he just said, hey, get up, man, stop sleeping. And the boy caught up and he returned him to his mother. Did you hear? Did you hear about the lame man? He was, he was brought to this Jesus on a mat, man. He was, he, he couldn't move. I mean, I mean, he, who knows? Maybe it was waist down. Maybe it was neck down, but he was paralyzed, brother. I tell you, he couldn't. He was on a mat and they brought him to this Jesus. And this Jesus looked at him and said, your faith has made you well. Get up, take your mat and go home. And he stood up and he picked up his mat and he walked out on his own two feet. By golly, did you hear about that? And listen, I really want you to hear this. Did you hear about the blind man? It's happened, brother. It's happened. A blind man just like you. A blind man just like you. Just the other day. Went to this Jesus and he can now see. Did you hear about that blind man? There's a great amount of unseen in the story, isn't there? Of these glorious messengers that somehow delivered this good news about this Jesus of Nazareth. And that good news was enough to change this man's heart and to make him cry out. Not Jesus of Nazareth, but rather Jesus, son of David. You are the Messiah. It reminds me of Romans ten seventeen. Consequently, it says, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of what? About Christ. The word about Christ. See the unseen in the story. Please don't miss them. Lastly, I'd share this with you. Faith is how we see Jesus and are saved. Verse 40 and 42, Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came uh, near, Jesus asked him, I love this, what do you want me to do for you? Can you answer that question today? The Lord stands before you. Can you answer that question today? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. What do you want me to do? I want to see. And Jesus says, receive your sight. Same word there, by the way. I want to see and receive your sight. Same word in the Greek. And it's an interesting word because it means receive your sight. It means recover your sight. But it also means, get this, this is pretty cool. Simply look up. Look up. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus says, look up. And who is the first person that he sees? Jesus. How does it ever get better than that? 
the first thing in all of life you see is Jesus Christ standing before you, your healer. He says, I want to see. Jesus says, look up. The first thing that he sees is Jesus. And look at what Jesus says to him. Jesus then says to him, your faith has made you well. It is the same phrase that he uses with the leper that returns. It means saved you. Your faith has saved you. Not only can you see, you will be with me. Your faith has saved you. Ties into the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector into the story of the ten lepers. So what do we do when we study passages like this, okay? Uh, my first challenge, I, I think the thing that struck me uh, a couple weeks ago as I was studying this passage, I, I think we all need to find ourselves in the story, right? We need to find ourselves in, in this story. Um, and, and the question I would ask you this morning is, is who are you? Are you the blind man? Because if you're the blind man, right, and then the question you have to answer, if you're the blind man, you have to be prepared to answer Jesus' question, right? What do you want from me? What do you want? What do you want? And, 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 and I would just say, of course, we're not talking about physical blindness. We're talking about spiritual blindness. What do you want from the Lord? Do you want to see him? Do you want to understand? What do you want from the Lord? Do you want deliverance? Do you want healing? What do you want from the Lord? Maybe you're not the blind man. Maybe you're, you're part of the crowd. A lot of Christians are part of the crowd. They're not necessarily messengers. Did you notice that? The crowd's not messengers. They didn't say, it's Jesus the Messiah. They didn't say, oh, it's Jesus who healed the blind man. It's not, they didn't say it's Jesus who raised the dead. They didn't say it's Jesus who healed the lame. The crowd didn't say any of that. They just said... Oh, walking by, this is, the commotion is because of Jesus of Nazareth. They're just part of the crowd. Unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that are part of the crowd. They, they go to church. They say that they're part of church. They don't really give to the church. They don't really serve the church. They're just kind of there. And somebody asks them, and they're going to give them the bare bones basic, yes, I go to church. Maybe they're going to say, yeah, I go to First Baptist. And that's it. And they're just part of the crowd. Friends, if you're part of the crowd, you need to move into the circle. Just going to say that. You're part of the crowd. You need to move into the circle. You need to be a part that's serving, that's, that's giving, that's praying for this body. We need you. We need you. We, 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 there may not have been a time in the history of our church that we need you more than we need you now. Just going to be honest. We, we, we've got good people that have been serving in this church for long periods of time that are under attack, and they're just struggling to get their breath right now. You know what? You need to stand in the gap for them. You need to stand in the gap for them. Listen, don't, don't go up to them and say, hey, you're off the hook. You never have to teach again. You go up to them, you put an arm around them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And while you're going through this, I want to stand in the gap for you for the next three months. Right? I want to, I want to serve in your place for the next two months, for the next month, for the next six weeks. You've got to stand in the gap for them. Maybe you're part of the crowd. You need to be part of the circle. But uh, maybe, maybe my hope, my prayer Maybe you're one of the messengers. Maybe you used to be one of the messengers, but you haven't been telling the message lately. Egats, right? You remember that time when you couldn't shut up about Jesus? You guys remember that? Come on, how long ago was it? Who, who, for somebody, it was yesterday, right? I couldn't shut up about him yesterday. That's awesome. God bless you. Uh, for some of us, it was longer ago than that. 
Some of us, it was, it was right after we first got saved. Some of us, it was a couple of years ago, and, and we were on fire for the Lord, and we were telling everybody about Jesus, everything He did in our lives. Man, you wouldn't believe what God did for me. Oh my gosh, it was great. My marriage is better, and, and this, and church was awesome, and today I heard this, and it really changed my perspective on, on life, and you, they just can't be quiet. How beautiful are the feet of those that deliver that kind of good news, Right? That is our task. That's our call. As we're going, we're supposed to be sharing with others. So I I just challenge you, find yourself in the story. And listen, here's the good news. If you don't like where you are in the story, do something about it for crying out loud. Say, well, pastor, I I, I guess I'm part of the crowd. Well, that stinks. Be part of the circle, right? I, I guess I'm not really a messenger. Well, become one. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. You don't need a 10 step program. Need to repent, get right, start doing it. Second thing, I think the text challenged, and this hurts, but I'm going to preach it anyway. I believe this text calls us to trust him through the trials. Even when we don't understand. Lord, why'd you take my dad the way you did? Like that. Why didn't I have a chance to say goodbye? Some of you are going, Lord, why won't you take my dad like that? He's suffering. Lord, what has happened to my marriage? Why? Why? And yet there is this truth. That God works for the good of those that love him. And are called according to his purpose. You have an opportunity before you right now in the midst of the trial to trust like you have never trusted before. And I believe what you will find, my friends, is that the anchor still holds. Last thing I would uh, challenge you with is tell everybody. (laughs) Tell everybody. We sang about it in the welcome Get all excited. Go tell everybody Jesus Christ is king. Maybe the last part of that is you're not saying Jesus Christ is king, but you're all excited and you're saying, listen to what I heard at church. Right? Oh my gosh, listen to what I read in the Bible this morning. Oh my gosh, listen to what God is doing in my life. In the midst of the struggle, God reminded me that He is with me, that He will not leave me, that He will not forsake me, that He is actually protecting me with His rod and His staff, and that the enemy can't touch me. That's what God reminded me of today. Can I tell you that in the midst of the trial, I have a God that stands over me and walks with me through it. I have a God that understands difficulty and understands pain and understands suffering. I have a God that not only understands it, but that took it to the cross for my sake that I may be made new. That's who I am. Can I tell you about that person? Tell everybody about the good news. Christians... We've got to loosen our lips, man. We've got to loosen our lips. We've, and may, maybe it starts with our hearts. We've, we've got to allow our hearts to be filled up with the things of God again. We've got to be astounded at God's love and his goodness. And we've got to tell people that God is good. This blind man wouldn't have run after Jesus and wouldn't have been saved if it weren't for the unseen messengers in this text. I wonder, will you 
be one of those unseen messengers for someone in your life. Pray with me. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for teaching us about this thing called faith. We love you. We pray that you would stick this message and this truth deep in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.